Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. Music of America podcast continues. Today we're in Hudsonville, Michigan, and our guest today is Mike Morales. We love this guy. If you like if you like Johnny Lang like I do, and you've heard me talk enough about Johnny Lang here, then you're going to like Mike Morales. That's, all, that's my big tease. But right now, if they ever make a movie called Where in the Hell is Tecumseh, Kansas, the answer is going to be very easy. It's where you find Monkey House Guitars. Monkey House Guitars is a small made-to-order guitar shop. If you can think it, they can build it. Some of the most beautiful and handmade guitars you'll ever see there, too. Meticulously designed and crafted by your specifications. Nothing by machine. Hand-laid frets. Everything routed and sanded at the shop at Monkey House Guitars. The Multiverse Guitar, for example. It's singularly one of the most innovative and interesting guitars I've ever seen. And if you go to their Facebook page, you can actually watch a video of that guitar being made. The Multiverse at Monkey House Guitars. One word, Monkey House guitars to come to kansas if you can think it they can build it mike morales our guest here and just outside of grand rapids this little town called hudsonville and outside of that little town comes this great incredible sound called mike morales we i, I said in the the pre-show when we were doing our little interview we we're digging um hauling a bunch of dirt today and i was telling some guys about your interview today and so I cranked it up, and everybody's like, just really digging your sound. So normally we go into your, your pedigree and your background and so on and so forth, but they all want to know what you play through. What is your rig, and what is your guitar of choice? Okay. Uh, well, I'm an instrumental. I'm a multi-instrumentalist. Uh, in this case, with the band that you're listening to, Soul Therapy, I was the bass guitarist. Okay. Uh, so I play... Yeah, so uh, my my rig, my main rig is a Hartke uh, 410, uh, 500 watt amp. Um, uh -huh. Got that idea from Victor Wooten when I saw a uh, a clinic put on by him at a local music store several years back, and I actually got to meet uh, meet Victor, and it was a super great honor, and he's oh, a cool. super great guy. Uh, so he, that was the amp he was pushing at the time. And uh, I ended up picking the one up that day. <laughs> so okay. uh, that's the main rig. And uh, and then I've had all kinds of basses from uh, Fender Jazz. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, I, I have I have several. Uh, I have a Federo, uh, some Yamaha basses. Um, so it, all five strings now. I've kind of gravitated to the five string bass, and I love that. Okay. Uh, I have a Music Man Stingray. Uh, so a pretty decent collection of bass guitars. Uh, so I thought you I, were the, I thought you were the guitar player. That's why, you know, I'm like, yeah, I think he's playing guitar on here, and that's what that's what the direction we went. So you're the bass player then. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Bass player. My 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 bad. My misinterpretation. So no, but no worries. You, but you play the five string too, or did you say? I play I play bass in that band, but I'm also a guitarist. Uh, I play bass, drums, mm -hmm. violin, trumpet, French horn. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, so just kind of a multi instrumentalist. So, yeah. uh, but primarily string instruments. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, rhythm and lead guitar, bass guitar, and so on and so forth. No, you're not. Uh, so with in that. The... Go ahead. In that in that particular band, I played bass guitar. And the songs that we're hearing 
uh, Place in Heaven, Jack of All Trades, and Soul Drifter, or Soul Drifting. Those are all with the band uh, Soul Therapy, right? Yes. Sorry, it's just it's locking up on me big time here. Oh, okay. <laughs> now you're on delay. It's funny. So you're saying something, I'm hearing it, and then two minutes later, you're like, <laughs> Oh. Okay, now we're good. Now we're now we're back in sync. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. And uh all right, three, two. So that was with Soul Therapy and you're playing bass. Uh that band was not from Hudsonville. That band is from Kentucky, right? That's correct. Yes, yeah. sir. Okay. Now are you playing on your own in Hudsonville? Are you doing work? Or are you doing band work? Are you doing solo work? I, I do a lot of uh, all of those things. Uh, I do a lot of songwriting here just at home. Um, mm -hmm. I have some recording software in my office uh, where I where I'm able to do guitar, bass, uh, drum work and uh, vocal stuff. But also I do play in a, uh, a Yacht Rock uh, tribute band called Yacht Rocket. Uh, so we do all <laughs> the old uh, kind of the, the West Coast sound that they always yeah. talk about. Uh, we do. You know, Steely Dan, Ambrosia, Little River Band, Firefall, uh, Michael McDonald. You know, all the all the classic uh, yacht rock from the, uh, you know, roughly like 76 to 81, 82. That's kind of that sliver of time where yacht rock is kind of from. I just discovered yacht rock this summer. We uh we go camping or hiking a lot in a bunch of the mountains here in Vermont, and all of a sudden, some I heard somebody say something about yacht rock, so I dialed it up on Spotify, and there's all these incredibly cool yacht rock playlists that people have assembled. I'm like, I love all of these songs. This is so good. It's great stuff. Yeah, it's really taken off. Uh, it, it's becoming more and more of a thing. You know. It, the music's not new, of course, but right. I think the term yacht rock is is a little bit newer. And even even now, we still have to explain to a lot of people what yacht rock really means, what it is. Uh -huh. uh, you know, because it's classic rock, but it's a very specific sliver of classic rock. And it's, you know, it's kind of defined by the smooth, jazzy, you know, right. 70s, early 80s sound. Uh, yeah. A lot of vocal harmonies. It's really it's bass and drums and keyboard driven in many ways more so than guitar driven so right. um, it's a real specific sound you're you're not going to hear necessarily sweet home alabama or freebird <laughs> nope not yacht rock <laughs> definitely not maybe maybe at a road and there house, are but... bands that are that are yeah exactly you know there are bands that are generally considered to be yacht rock, no matter what songs they play. Uh, you know, Steely Dan, Michael McDonald, most anything right. from artists like that are considered yacht rock just because of the type of music that they play. Were any of those artists or bands influences of yours growing up? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all the Ambrosia, the Firefall, uh, Little River Band. Yeah. Uh, Doobie Brothers, you know. Absolutely. You like any of the? the I can remember laying in my my parents' uh, living room, deep in their shag carpet, listening to all that stuff <laughs> growing up. So, a friend of mine really digs the the deep cuts of Firefall, not the hits, 
but the deep cuts, right. you know, the, the, the seaside, what we call the seaside, you know, there's the A side of a <laughs> single and then the B side with the seaside never even made it. You know, it's just, it's still on the album. <laughs> exactly. There and I always thought Absolutely. that'd be a cool, a cool name for a band, the seaside. And you just play, yeah, yeah, we play Steely Dan, but we're not going to play Josie or Hey 19. You know, when I play body, body vodka or something, you know, <laughs> absolutely. Wouldn't that be cool? You know, that's great I'd, stuff. I'd like that. Yeah. So you play in the horns too, huh? Well, I did in high school. Gotcha. Uh, okay. I don't know that I would dare pick one up now, <laughs> but when I was in high school, I did, uh, I did stand up bass. I did violin, trumpet, French horn, you know, I did mm-hmm. orchestra stuff. So yeah. yeah, that's been a few years ago though. When did you, uh, I guess, start playing rock and roll because you don't play necessarily rock and roll in high school orchestra, right? Correct. Uh, You know, I started playing the guitar uh, around the age of five or six. Wow. Uh, (laughs) My grandfather was was a great bluegrass guitarist, uh, played a lot of folk music, and he played banjo as well. uh, Just a really great player. And I was really enamored with the guitar from a really young age. And he kind of got me started. My uh, my mom was a pianist as well as a uh, flute player, so kind of came by a lot of the music, honestly. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, through through my grandfather and uh, some lessons I took from a local musician uh, for many years, uh, taking bass lessons, uh, just really fell in love with the instrument. Do you remember your very 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 first guitar when you were five years old? Uh, it, it became the guitar that my grandfather played. He had a Yamaha FG 75. Really? He ultimately gave that, you know, he gave that to me in his will as well uh-huh. as his old, uh, Gibson banjo. So I have both of those to this day. Oh, cool. How cool yeah, is that? They're, they're really awesome. They, you know, they're my most prized, uh, possessions in terms of instruments by yeah. far. That's neat. Now, so, uh, so we're talking about performing, but you also write extremely well. Uh, I love the music that we're going to listen to. So do you write like on the, the songs we're going to hear today? And the first one we're going to listen to here in a minute is called A Place in Heaven. Do you write the lyrics and the music? And then do you write, let the like the lead guitarist figure out a lead? Or do you play lead on that too? Or how does that work with you? No, generally speaking with soul therapy, um, the guitarist would come up with some hook, some idea, some riff, uh, and he was our lyricist. And so basically my role in the band as a bass player was to help with the arrangements, uh, you know, to make things interesting. Um, yeah. and, and of course to play to the song, uh, to serve the song and not, you know, not necessarily go off on a tangent and look at me It's more about serving the music. So, so my job was just to basically support what he was doing mm-hmm. uh, and the rest of the band. I mean, we had a big band. Uh, we had horns. Uh, we had a dedicated percussionist. We had a drummer. No kidding. Guitar, wow. Bass guitar. We had a guy who played a real genuine B3, uh, which was really awesome. So, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a good sized band. It sounds like it sounds huge. <laughs> so it was kind of a collaboration. Yeah. What do you it like? It was better? a big band. You know, we didn't make much money, obviously. What do you like more? Do you like, what do you like better? Do you like performing or writing? Well, that's a hard question. I, I would say probably performing only yeah. because of, of the rush of playing live, uh, you know, especially to a, to an appreciative crowd. That's yeah. always great fun. 
It's oh, not just uh, the performance. It's everything before and after the performance, you know. Right. right. How tough was it on you during COVID then? Because you don't, if, if you weren't, somehow people managed to play out, but a lot of people, I thought I th- COVID was a band killer, man. You know, I know a lot of bands that never got back together. Yeah, it it, it really was. Um, one of the things that me and some buddies did to sort of battle the depression and the just what a, a, a drag the whole lockdown was. Because here in Michigan, uh, we were we were locked down for, I think, eight weeks where we weren't allowed to do much of anything. Wow. Uh, you could hardly go out of the house. You know, you, it was really, uh, there were some really strict uh, rules. Yeah. And so what we did was we battled that by uh, doing these remote videos where we would play some of our favorite cover songs and we would put them together in these kind of, we, we actually called them co-videos, which is kind of, <laughs> kind of goofy play on words but that's uh, actually pretty clever <laughs> well it was it was kind of fun so these split screen videos and we had seen a lot of these on youtube from other bands that were doing kind of a similar thing just to have something to do you know right right uh rather than just sitting around and and you know watching the clock we we wanted to just have some fun so it was a way to it was a way to still you know play our music uh but still follow the rules and Right, right. We had a great, great time with it. So, but like you together said, several of those videos. It's a lot of fun. It's like you said, though, when you're when you're playing music, there's like a juice. You know, you get that juice when the audience is there, and you're you got it going, and you're clicking, and everybody's digging what you're doing. So you dig that, so you're giving them more, and they're digging it even more, and so on and so forth. When you're playing in front of a camera, and you don't know who's out there listening, if anybody's out there listening, <laughs> it just it's got to feel it's got to feel empty. It's a little weird, but then yeah. once we published these videos, you know, we we put them out on Facebook and yeah. some some other social media, and just just getting responses from people was really fun. That's cool. uh, I think people really appreciated what we were doing, you know. So tell me about a place in heaven. Tell me what that song's about and uh, your involvement in that. Okay, uh, a place in heaven was kind of written. Uh, it's basically the gist of the song is saying, uh, I believe there's a heaven, uh, stars up above with my name on one, all these things. But, uh, this woman, if she can't be with me, then you can have my place in heaven. That's kind of the basic idea of the song. Yeah. So you can have my place in heaven, just give her or bring her to me. So, uh, it's kind of a love song kind of saying like, you know, this woman's really important to me. Um, so that's, I guess that was kind of the idea behind it. And again, uh, our, our guitar player and chief songwriter, Greg, was our lyricist. So uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. You know, sure. these are his lyrics, but um, it was, was a beautiful there, song. We really loved it. Was there a star in heaven that he had in mind that you know of? Was it, or can you say? Or? Uh, probably his wife, Patty, yeah. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, absolutely. people come and go in people's lives and it might've been written about somebody, you know, years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Greg and Patty owned a blues club in Northern Kentucky called Lucille's and they actually lived in the apartment above Lucille's. So we were basically uh-huh. the house band there. Uh-huh. Uh, so we played most every weekend. Um, great place. It doesn't exist anymore. It closed several years back, but we had some of the greatest times ever in that smoky bar how fun how exciting well mike morales is our guest here today on the music of america podcast and we're going to listen to one of his songs that brought with us today and this is called a place in heaven
in heaven with mike morales here on the music of america podcast mike coming to you from hudsonville michigan b normous productions they've been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years after years as a performer the owner van verhoeven decided to get back to that which he loves the most production after tutelage under jordan valeria he opened up his own place out in millican colorado high-end instruments high-end tools on hand to make your sound compete with that of your favorite records. He has one goal in mind for you to look and sound as professional as possible. So go make some records. Go make some videos. Be Normous Productions. They're on Facebook or at www.benormousproductions.com. Mike Morales, you were telling us that you did some videos during COVID. Who was... Who did? Who is the mastermind behind the videography and the editing and all that? Or did you guys all do it together? Well, so what we did was from our own individual homes, uh, we all had recording software. So there were three of us. And we were formerly in a band called FM, uh, which was a classic rock cover band. Mm-hmm. So uh, myself, our drummer, Jeff, and then another singer, Jeff, uh, recorded our parts as we, uh, you know, audio and video. And then Jeff, the other singer guy, would put all the video and the audio together. He brought everything into Pro Tools, and he'd put the audio together. And then the video, he would splice it all together and uh, work his magic. Yeah, yeah. And what were the videos? What did they consist of? Uh, We did a couple cover songs. Um, We did uh, Just the Same Way, an old Journey tune. Yeah. Uh, where uh, where I sang the uh, Greg Raleigh part and Jeff sang the Steve Perry part. 
you know, back in the days when they had, they, they had two singers. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we also did, uh, cuts like a knife by Brian Adams. That was one of the ones we did during COVID. Uh, again, another split screen remote video, uh, and I did a solo version of Comfortably Numb. I was a huge Pink Floyd fan growing up. No kidding. And so I did a, a completely solo version of that where I played all the instruments and sang. Uh, and that I actually uh, put together in a more professional video. But, uh, you know, again, just all really fun stuff that we we just needed something to do during COVID and the shutdown. And right, uh, right. Just, just to keep our chops going, keep playing, you know, keep practicing. I keep the said, irons in the fire. You said you're outside of Grand Rapids, what, about 45 minutes? Is that right? So uh, this... Actually, we're only about 20, 25 20... minutes from Grand Rapids. So you're in a, a smaller town. I've got a house in Cedar Hill, Missouri. I'm building a studio there. But it's about about 45 minutes to half an hour, depending on what part of St. Louis you're going to. you know. And that's where we spend our winters. So I get it. There are places to play with the Yacht Rockets. And there are places to play Yacht Rocket, Yacht Rocker. Yacht Rockets? Uh, just singular. Yacht Rocket. Yacht Rocket. Okay. So there are places to play with the band and places to play solo. You have that option to do both. What do you like doing? Do you like doing the solo work more than the band work or is it the other way around? You know, I really like doing like duo gigs where it's a guitar and a singer. You know, uh -huh. we could do harmonies, uh, things like that. I, I guess I really prefer the band gig. Uh, even Yacht Rocket, it's a, it's a big band. Uh, we have a sax player who also plays flute and, and all kinds of other cool things. Um, and, and two guitarists. I'm actually the lead guitarist in this band. Uh, we have a bass player, a drummer, keyboardist, and then we have a gal who is our dedicated lead singer. So uh, just a good sized band. And I really, I really love playing with this group. They're great musicians. We have a lot of great vocal harmonies. We really have yeah. a lot of fun. So right now, band... that's kind of what I'm really digging. The band that I'm envisioning, like you're describing right now, I see playing like at, at big wineries. Okay. Sure. Is that accurate? Sure. Is that what you guys do? Uh, we haven't done any wineries per se, but we have done a lot of outdoor gigs, uh, uh -huh. you know, some festivals. And uh, we, we played at a really iconic ballpark here in Grand Rapids called Sullivan Field uh, last summer. Uh, we played at a a uh, big open air venue in Ada, Michigan, you know, maybe a half hour, 35 minutes from here. So in fact, we have yet to play an inside gig. Everything we've done thus really? far has been out, outside. Yeah. That's yeah. Fun. It's just kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And outdoor gigs are a riot. So, And when you're doing like the duet work, do you usually, does somebody contact you and say, Hey Mike, I need somebody to play guitar with me. I've got the show. I want you to yeah. back me up. Or do you go out and find a gig and say, call up Larry or whomever and say, Hey, you want to do a show with me? I got this thing coming up at uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's, you know, honestly, most of the time it's just friends. Uh, uh -huh. Other musician friends of mine, they'll call and they have something scheduled at a brewery or they've got something at a coffee shop or somewhere yeah. around town and they just want an extra, uh, an extra voice, an extra instrument. And so I don't really look for those types of gigs. Usually they just kind of fall in my lap. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of friends that have better connections probably than I do. So, um, We've talked about your instruments and the, the different things that you play, but you brought up several times singing and vocals and harmonies. So did you sing when you were in school as well? Were you in choir, acapella, madrigal, anything like that? Yeah, I did. I did sing in choir when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, and, and I've just I've just sang for a long time in different bands. Uh, 
both lead and backing vocals. Um, uh-huh. And I'm a big believer in harmonies. And, you know, of course, playing Yacht Rock, that's, you know, that's really critical to have those skills. And uh, I enjoy singing and I enjoy singing with other people. I mean, we've both done this, you know, because it's fun. You know, we've played out. So what? tell me this. Tell me a story of one of your more fun shows that you've done that it was just, God, it was just that was a blast, man. Why should we do more shows like that? Tell me a story about that. One of those. Okay. Uh, well, this is going back a few years, but uh, we actually played, we had an opportunity to play a gig and this was really bizarre, but we played for a nudist colony <laughs> down in, down in Southern Michigan. Uh, a very bizarre gig. We were, we were literally the only people who were clothed at this event. Um, and we that was were my first question. <laughs> well, we were warned. We were warned by the guy who was booking our gigs for us that this was the reality. We were we were going to be the only ones clothed here. And uh, it was a big annual party that this nudist colony put on. And uh-huh. they always hired a band. And, and uh, that particular year, th- th- we were the band that, they were kind of looking for so uh it's in a you know of course a private community it's almost like a campground and uh that that one definitely ranks as one of the most bizarre gigs i've ever been part of and they really exist boys and girls they're not pretend there really are such things (laughs) i was just going to ask if somebody at some time suggested you guys disrobe uh, you know, they told us that we were welcome to, but there was no pressure. Okay. And so we all, I think, wisely chose not to. <laughs> so uh, we, we were already wildly uncomfortable, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. But uh, after we were there for a while, uh, and of course, we all had dark shades on because, you know, we didn't want to be caught looking. Right. right. But, uh, you know, we started loosening up. A little a little alcohol you know gave us a little more courage and sure, sure. uh you know it was just interesting because we were we were warned by the management at this campground that you know there were a couple rules number one we were not allowed to take any pictures right any cell phones out they they wanted us to leave our cell phones in the vehicle uh because quite frankly for a lot of these people this was kind of like a dirty weekend secret. These were professional, you know, right. Lawyers, professional executives doctors, and yeah. re- respected members of the community and church members and these things. And this was kind of like a big dirty secret for some of these people. Yeah. And the last thing that any of them needed was for, you know, their, their <laughs> pictures to be splashed on social media or some crazy thing. So, uh, so there were just, there were some ground rules that we had to follow and, uh, you know, been asked back. We did, yeah. yeah. We, we were asked, Mike. We did, we never, we never. Well, that's cool. That means you made a, a good positive. You you followed the rules. You made a good positive impact. So that's always good for the band. We did follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> we did follow the rules. So uh, I can tell you one more thing about the whole the whole deal. Uh, yeah. Gravity definitely wins in the end. <laughs> that could be a bad thing or a really bad thing. <laughs> Well, and that was the other, you know, that was the other comment that the guy from the management made to us is that if you think you're going to show up down here and there's, it's uh, full of like Baywatch quality uh, supermodels, you're in for a big disappointment. It, yeah. It's mostly more elderly people where, yeah, you know. 
Yeah, thank you. I'll, I'll leave that the rest <laughs> of that to your imagination. I'll, I'll call yeah. my therapist when we get done here. I'll get some get a few years on the couch to get that <laughs> image out of my head now. <laughs> so, Mike Morales is our guest here. Uh, the next song of yours we're going to play kind of seems like you, Jack of all trades, because you play so many different instruments. Absolutely. So, did you write this? And did you write this about you? Uh, this song is not about me. Uh, okay. This is just a good funk tune that we that we wrote. Uh, again, Greg came up with kind of a cool riff, and we just kind of circled around him and and filled in the blanks. And uh -huh. and you know, it kind of has maybe like a Tower of Power type vibe. Uh, it really showcased the horns. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, just a really fun. You know, we we were mostly blues, but we did throw some funk in for good measure, and uh, it it kind of let us you know, stretch our, stretch our musical, uh, muscles a little bit. So a really fun song to play. Well, this was the first song I played with my crew today was oh, Jack of all cool. trades. And they said, play it again. And then they said, play it again. And then we went to soul drift. And then they said, play that. Oh, that's other so one great again. to hear. Oh man, it, we, everybody loved it. I mean, we can, and I tell you what music motivates people when you're doing manual labor, if you get a good song, you know, you just keep on digging, keep on loading them wheelbarrows, <laughs> keep on dumping, keep on going because it, you know, it seemed to work. So it was a really good song, at least for us. Oh, thank for today. you so much. <laughs> it's great. So thank you. And this is uh, Mike Morales. This song is called Jack of All Trades.
could be done Only to find out Someone else was having fun Yeah, the jockey ball tricks I can do it all Jockey ball tricks You know can take the fall Jockey ball tricks They see nothing yet Jockey ball tricks They ain't even broke a sweat Yeah, jockey ball tricks Better stand up and holler Jockey ball tricks Makes your bottom dollar Jockey ball tricks You know can fix it up Jack of All Trades with Mike Morales, your host here, Tom Pollard, on the Music of America podcast. We'll get back to Mike and talk about another one of his songs called Soul Drifting. It's really this simple. You buy a kitty's litter box, open the box, place litter in box, introduce your box to the cat and your cat to the box. After the cat has done their business for maybe about a month or so, close the box and throw it away. That's it. Just close the box, grab the handle of this biodegradable box and throw it away. Perfect for traveling with your favorite feline. It's affordable. It's convenient. It's the one thing I didn't like about cats. Somehow the litter box became my job, my responsibility. I don't know why. I don't know how. But who knows? If Kitty's litter box were around 20 years ago, I might still have cats. Kitty's litter box. All lowercase, kittyslitterbox.com. Order today. It's perfect for your cat. Do you have pets, Mike? I do. I have one dog. Yeah. Mutt? Yes, sir. Charlie. <laughs> a Yorkie? Uh, he's actually a golden doodle. Yeah. I've heard Big those are incredible dogs. Yeah. Oh, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Great dog. What do you, what do you take him out doing? Like, do you hunt? Do you fish? Do you jog? Do you play sports? Yeah. I, I hunt. Uh, we go on a lot of walks together. Yeah. Um, he loves to walk. It's more of a drag with him. Uh, he's not great on a leash yet. We're still, he's kind of new to us, but uh, yeah, he takes us on a lot of drags and uh, we're working on making it more of a walk. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But, uh, we're, we're retired now. So we're thinking about getting dogs plural. Cause you know, I can't have one just for me, you know, <laughs> and, and for the dog's sake from, uh, from what my daughter has a couple of dogs and, from everything we've read about them when we had dogs too, is that one dog does so much better with two and two do better with three, you know, and that's not really the ASPCA or whatever saying, please adopt all these stray dogs and get them out of here. (laughs) It's really, it's a, it's it's a pack animal. And so the more I've read about them, it makes sense that they like being in the company of other dogs. It's really cool to watch that interaction. So will you have another someday? You know, I'd love to, uh, We'll see how that goes. Yeah. I have daughters, and uh, one of them's allergic to dogs. So mm. Charlie is one of those dogs that uh, they're kind of hypoallergenic. So right. She's able to uh, tolerate with, uh, with the allergies and all that. So 
if we did get another dog, it would have to be another one like that, you know, a, a golden doodle or some kind of a doodle. They seem to be better in terms of the allergy thing. Gotcha. So. So what's uh what's the music scene like where you are? Is there is there work to be done? Is there work that you can do? Can you play year round without people getting? I hate to use the word tired, but getting tired of you. You know, are there enough venues that you can play that uh, people will come see you without saying, "Ah, oh, it's eh, him again," you know, or them again? Yeah, you know the the Grand Rapids and and the West Michigan music scene in general is really very diverse. There's a lot of different styles of music here. Uh, you have your alternative rock, there's metal, you have blues, you have country, uh, Latin. There's, there's a little bit of everything. Uh, one of the things that I've kind of noticed is that there's a real lack of, uh, is the yacht rock or that, that genre. So -hmm. we're trying to fill a niche, uh, with what we're doing that, that I haven't heard anybody do here. Uh, so that was one of the kind of the inspirations for doing this yacht rocket band. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that's a that's a really untapped uh, genre of music, at least in West Michigan. Um, so it's kind of our goal to sort of be, you know, maybe have a monopoly on that style of music here in West Michigan. That's we, we would love that. So that's what we're working really hard toward. Gotcha. So is uh, was that your idea or was that something that you joined because you saw an ad on Craigslist or did you develop? Uh, no, the, the, uh, yeah, actually the yacht rock thing was, was actually my idea. Um, uh-huh. so I kind of started the band and I, I, I had some good dear friends, uh, great musicians that I, that I contacted and kind of spelled out my idea. And, and a lot of the guys were really on board with it. So that's kind of how it started. And, uh, you know, we, we practiced real hard, and put together some believable yacht rock. Um, <laughs> we did out a lot of non-yacht rock because there there are songs that uh, really don't qualify. So, sure. so we, we're trying to be really authentic to that genre. So uh, that's going to be dicey sometimes, though, right? Because somebody might be like really in love with a song and thinks it fits, and the other guys might be like, you know, no, it really doesn't. You know, <laughs> do you ever yeah, have those conflicts? Yeah. Well, we've had a few of those discussions in the band and everybody's really chill and laid back in the band. So there's, there's no egos being hurt or, uh, you know, hard feelings. Everybody's really after the same goal. And and we all really want to be authentic to that particular style of music. There's a lot of classic rock bands out there doing, you know, Leonard Skinner and Aerosmith and ACDC and uh, none of those bands are yacht rock. So we really want to laser focus on, on this specific genre with your current set list what's your longest uh what's the longest run you could do in a night you think with everything that you guys know i think we have close to a three-hour show if we if we need that much music uh and and we're constantly weeding out songs that are maybe on the fence as far as uh yacht rock we're trying to add more authentic yacht rock so uh it's kind of a a fluid set list if you will Tell me a song that just got cut recently or re- uh, fairly recently within the last several months. What song got cut? Uh, we we have cut old time rock and roll. Oh, okay. I can see that. That was yeah. one that we were, you know, we were playing that song and, and, and I love Bob Seger. It's a great song, but it just doesn't fit. Uh, so that's one that we, we would, we put on the chopping block. So interesting. Cause when you said that immediately, what came to mind is uh, you'll accompany me. I can see you'll accompany me fit. 
but only rock and or, yeah, uh, the old time rock and roll. No. Right, right, right. And even uh, there are a, a very precious few Bob Seger tunes that might qualify as yacht rock. Roll me away is a song that I've kind of suggested. Like yeah. maybe that'd be a, a better fit in terms of the, that genre. So yeah. So you guys are you guys are doing a wine or you're just kicking it and everybody's having a great time and you've gone through your set list and they're saying one more and the owner comes up and says, Man, we're having a great time. Can you guys do another 20 minutes? You're gonna pull something out, you've done your set list. What are the next three songs you gotta come up with on the fly right there? We have we have some real easy ones that we save for the end of the night. One of them is Come Sail Away by Oh Sticks. wow. Uh, that's a that's a great uh anthem song yeah. that everybody loves. Uh, and uh, Roll With The Changes by REO Speedwagon. Uh-huh. Uh, again, that one's one that's a little on the fence. A lot of people would argue that's not really Yacht Rock. But we love the song, and, and it, it always goes over really well. So, And those are both pretty long songs. We can stretch out. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> those are both good long. songs. You can, you can stretch those into, you know, 10, 12 minutes pretty easily. Right, so. right. Yeah, it, it, and context is everything, too, because – uh roll with the changes if you if you saw a list of songs you'd say that doesn't belong there but if you heard it in context with your whole catalog of music and say absolutely that fits absolutely yeah that's how i hear it and guess. it's a super fun song of course absolutely fun well speaking of super fun songs the last song we're going to listen to i really like this one too soul drifting and uh just because of the word drifting immediately first song i thought it was the old uh the acoustic Clapton, uh, drift, just drifting. You know, uh, I thought maybe it was going to be a variation of yes, that. Yes. And I wanted to hear what you guys were going to do. There was nothing like that song. So, and that happens with me all the time. I think it's going to be one thing and it's entirely something <laughs> different, but it's very soulful, very good song. Uh, tell me about that one. Well, that, that's a more, uh, to me, the only word that I can think of with that song is spooky. It's got a, it's got a real spooky vibe to it. Yeah. Um, kind of a kind of a little bit of a walking baseline um and and if you can explain the lyrics to me you know that'd be great because i i can't tell <laughs> you what greg had in his head when he wrote this song it's the, the lyrics are great but it's you could interpret them all kinds of different ways um right. so i i couldn't even explain to you exactly what the meaning of the lyrics are uh it's just a really you know kind of an ethereal spooky kind of song yeah, it was yeah. really fun to, to come up with some believable lip, uh bass lines for that one as well so uh and it, it has some good trumpet work in it so so just some really well, different stuff going on in there with the trumpet that's what beat. got that's what got me was the orchestration man it was really tight and it was, it was fun i thought it was fun. i didn't really listen to the lyrics i was just digging on the music more so <laughs> oh well i'm glad you liked it thank you yeah We'll give it a listen here. The song is called Soul Drifting with Mike Morales on the Music of America podcast. Just to pretend 
From Hudsonville, Michigan, Mike Morales here on the Music of America podcast. And that song called Soul Drifting. Was it spooky to you? Find out. Let us know. This is the last segment of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. So you can talk about anything coming up uh, for the rest of the year, any plans of what's going to happen with you and music in 2024, anything that we can do to support your music. So let's hear all. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of self-promotion, uh, you know, Yacht Rock, uh, our band Yacht Rocket, we're on Facebook and uh, we always post our upcoming gigs. Right now we're kind of in a rebuilding uh you know, time, right. Uh, where we're trying to put together a more believable, more authentic set list of pure yacht rock. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be uh, gigging in the spring, hitting it really hard next year. Uh, in terms of solo stuff, uh, I am hoping to connect with some local musicians, uh, for 2024. And I'd love to put together, uh, an album, with some blues, maybe some jazz. Uh, I have a number of people in mind that I want to, I want to try to tap for that. So uh, kind of excited about that as well. What would you play on a jazz band? Well, everything. Guitar, bass, absolutely. Drums, all of it. Uh, Yes. There's a lot of trios here in Burlington, jazz trios. And every time we go, Shane is on keyboards, period. You know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and 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 Grippo's always on saxophone, you know, and it's it's the certain guys, but they play in different different groups, you know, but they're always playing the same instrument. So I was wondering if, uh, like, maybe if I played on Tuesday nights with these guys, I'd play my guitar, but on Thursdays I want to play drums because jazz is a fun oh, instrument. Jazz it's is a fun and fun. fun animal. I should have said is what I meant to say. And and I was telling somebody yesterday, and I've said this before on this podcast too. I love jazz live. I can go watch jazz live and just sit there. We have a jazz festival and I live for it every year. It's so much fun up here because I can't wait to see all the different bands. Okay. And it's so interesting to me, but I can't sit and watch jazz on a YouTube video. I can't listen to jazz unless I'm driving a long distance and I just need to lose myself in something, you know, but it's one of those uh, music media that I have to be live to, to really really get into the groove you know that's me sorry you're exactly (laughs) right uh and and i and i grew up listening to bands like uh you know weather report of course jaco pastorius was a huge influence musically uh chick korea spiral uh, gyro uh, stanley oh absolutely uh stanley Stanley clark Clark was a big influence uh you know uh some of the and, and even even from the from the ladies uh tall uh, Tal Wilkenfeld, the great bass player. Uh, so, you know, a lot of jazz influences growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that will happen for you in 2024. Keep us posted. We were talking that in a few years, uh, we might be doing video here on the music of America podcast, and we might be doing live within five years. If that ever happens, we want to have you back on for sure. It would be totally an honor. That'd be great, man. Thanks, Mike. Mike Morales, our guest today from Hudsonville. And that wraps up our visit to Michigan. Up next, we're headed to Minnesota. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, 
and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the music of America.